the Vanilla Gorilla. What's going on, bro? How you doing, brother? Thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for having me. Where are you calling me from? Who, who canceled? <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are you calling me from? I'm from, I'm down in Maryland. You a Ravens guy or a Redskins guy? Well, I grew up a Redskins fan, and uh, I mean, like, I'm all local, but I, I root for the Ravens a lot, too, especially with that scumbag Snyder as the owner. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard, you know, to root for the Redskins. I always love people in the D.C., Maryland area, because the same thing with Orioles Nationals. You, uh, you a baseball guy, too? Yeah, I grew up an Orioles and Redskins fan, and then, like, the Ravens and Nats came later, so I root for them, so... I mean, I get shit for it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, I mean, I'm all local, so it's not like, I'm not like hopping on any bandwagon or anything. I have a ton of boxes on, and the journey that the, that you guys take to get in the ring, especially on the big stage, it always fascinates yeah. me. You know, you get some guys who grew up in like really bad neighborhoods, had to fight to yeah. get out of it. You had guys like Boom Boom Mancini was just on. He's like, I want to win a title just because my dad always wanted to be a champion. You're you're a late bloomer, and you didn't start your boxing amateur career until late, like your late teen years. Why was that? Uh, well, I was just like involved in other sports. I played football and baseball in high school. Um, so I didn't really have time to do it. You know, of course, like not a lot, like my mom didn't want me to box. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people want to see their kids getting punched in the head. So, <laughs> you know, I, she didn't really want me to do it. So I wasn't like brought up doing it or anything like that. So, you know, it was really just kind of a timing thing, really. And how long did your amateur career last? Um, well, I, it was kind of like spread out because I, um, I had a couple fights. I was like 19, 20. And then had to take a couple years off, you know, life gets in the way. Then I got really got back into it around 25 and then I, I started fighting amateur and then for a few years and then I um, turned pro at 28. Now, what was your record as an amateur? Uh, I would, if I had to guess, cause I don't, I don't know exactly. I would say maybe like 25 and five. Now, I know I remember reading one article about you when you came on my radar. You were working in a bar and professionally boxing, right? Yeah. Now, I just had on the Washington, D.C. police officer, Tiara Brown, and we were talking about how she has to juggle her schedule, like her work schedule and boxing training, because you guys train like savages boxing. How do you juggle that training? It's hard, man. It sucks. It's like – and the thing about it too is uh, like I will – I'll like train all day and then go work at the bar till like 3 a.m. And, you know, pretty late on, I'm pretty surly and tired and in a bad mood. So, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm probably not, you know, it's probably not the best for my, for my boxing or bartending career, but it's hard. I mean, it's just, I just told myself, honestly, it was like, this is something I have to do. I have to suck it up in order to pursue you know, my dream fighting. So it's just, you know, it's just something you got to do. I told a few of my boxing friends who love the sport and they love the sweet science. I told them you were mm-hmm. coming on and they're like, oh, you have to ask them. Did you get arrested on your way to your first fight? Is that a true story? Yeah. Because I, I just got it. And Sam, I'll be honest, I didn't do a quick Google search on you because they told me about 20 minutes ago. It's like, dude, that guy got arrested going to his first fight. What's that story? Yeah. So I was actually, it was St. Patrick's Day, right? So here's what happened. Like this was, I was 19 and the summer before, after I graduated high school, I, uh, I was at beach week in okay. ocean city, <laughs> okay. like senior week. All of that. course, of course. And, um, 
I was in this house. Everybody was drinking. I actually wasn't even drinking at the time. Cops come because the music's blasting. The people sprint out the back door. So I got stuck with the alcohol. (laughs) So I went away to college and they sent that to my previous address. I never got the court date or the fine in the mail. So they issued a warrant. Okay. So the day before my um, first amateur fight, you know, I was just taking it easy. I went to like get something to eat or something. And the cops pulled me over because my taillight was out, ran my name and I had a warrant. So they had to arrest me. And now did you get a ticket or you spent the night in jail? I spent the night in jail, got out the next day, went straight from jail to my weigh-in. And then fought <laughs> that yeah. So. Did you win or you just guessed? So I, I like was beating the dude's ass for like a minute and a half okay. and then just completely gassed out. and was just done. I was just like, it was, I was so tired, just like, and also like my first thing, just like all my nerves are running. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in a, in New York city. So Point Pleasant and the Jersey shore is my haunts for the summer. Uh-huh. Ocean city, Maryland is for me up here is like the most underrated party city ever. Secrets. Yeah. And all that. Dude, that's a wild place down there during the summer. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's for sure. Hey, now how ironic was this, Sam, that a few months ago, your opponent was arrested before your fight, right? Yeah, I know. And he spent the night. He, he, I found out when I got <laughs> to the arena that night. Like, hey, do you know what he, he, what did he get arrested for? Like child support or something. If you, we like case searched him and it was like, uh, you know, he had like a rap sheet, you know what I mean? So then what it was was child support. Hey, mentally, how do you bounce back from that? Because, like I said, I love having boxes on. Your schedule's crazy, you're cutting weight. Everything's like oh. anal- analytically done to like, boom, it's day yeah. to fight, ready to roll. How do you bounce back from like, okay, there's no fight? Well, the funny thing about it is it happened to me three times in a row this past year. <laughs> so, like, honestly, I was just, you know, there is part of you in your head. I'm just like, I'm done with this shit. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. It's just like, it seems like part of me just says, like, I like, made it this far. I need to just keep going. You know what I mean? So. And the same thing goes, Sam, like you fought a fight and you knocked the dude out in the first round like a minute into it. Mm-hmm. I Listen, the W is all that matters. But you want to get some yeah. rounds under your belt. So do you get a little frustrating at the Like you're happy with your performance. You got the win. You trained your ass off. But it's like I want to get some experience in the ring. Yeah, and well, it's it's relieving at the time. It's mm-hmm. great. You know what I mean? You're kind of like over and you did it. But um, one thing that's weird is you kind of for some reason and I've actually talked to like musicians who say the same thing mm-hmm. is I go through like a, a little depression after my fights because I'm thinking about this. Like, this is all I'm thinking about for eight or nine weeks. It's all I work towards. And it's over like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And then it's almost like, all right, what now? And then really the only thing it's like, all you have to look forward to is like, you have to get ready for the next one. It's weird. Mentally, I, I don't know how you guys do it mentally, really. Yeah, it's hard. All right, take but. me to this upcoming fight. You're fighting. You're undefeated, 9-0. and You're fighting Saturday, mm-hmm. February 28th against – is it Nick Kisner? Yeah, it's Kisner. He's an experienced guy. I just looked him up. Yeah. 21-5-1. This is a huge fight, not just for you because every fight's huge. You're undefeated. Yeah. But this is a huge fight for your career, right? This is the biggest fight of my career so far, like uh, especially, you know, for – for me, only having nine fights, fighting a guy with that much experience, and um, you know, this is a ten rounder. <clears throat> I've only done six, mm-hmm. and um, 
yeah, I mean, but a win, you know, a win for me would be huge. Like it, it would put me up, you know, my ranking higher could open the door for bigger fights. So, I mean, it's, it's important. I read that you guys sparred together. Now, obviously oh, yeah. you, you both have, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Now, listen, that's coming from both sides, but do you like it or do you not, do you like to go in there on the blind or do you like personally, like, okay, I know his style. I know his weaknesses. Well, this is the first time it's ever happened for me. So, okay. Okay. I mean, um, I don't know. The thing is, is like, like Nick is actually a buddy of mine. Like I've known him and his father for years. We're okay. cool. We've actually <laughs> texted about the fight. I know it's funny, but uh, we've texted about the fight, and you know, it's business. It's not personal. We'll be friends before, or after, but you know, this is important for both of us. But um, for me, it's like, as far as us knowing each other's uh, styles and stuff, I, uh, I don't know. I guess kind of. I don't really see it as an advantage or disadvantage for either of us, but um, I don't know. It's it is weird, but I you know I feel confident with knowing you know how I've done with him in the past and stuff like that. So I mean, I guess it might be might be kind of like an advantage, I guess. But in camp, we'll ta- in camp, taking self inventory of yourself, what are you trying to improve on the most? You're in there, like you know what? I want to improve on blank for this fight. What don't you like about yourself? You're fighting your first nine fights. Uh, honestly, the hardest part about boxing is learning how to relax. Mm-hmm. Like it is unnatural to relax when someone's trying to knock you out. You know what I mean? You have to teach yourself that you have to learn how to do it and you have to stay like not get caught up in the excitement and the adrenaline and you have to learn that in the gym and then you have to, it has to transfer under the bright lights when it matters. Never. So that's one of the biggest things. And also, like, the more you learn how to relax, the less tired you get. And I need that's important for me going 10 rounds, too. Yeah, you got to pace yourself, right? Yes, exactly. And you have to stay calm, you know, not tense up, not like get all aggressive and tense and go for the kill. So that's like, that's probably the most important thing. You're a sports guy. And I remember I had Mick Conlon on. He comes on every, before every fight. And I think oh, yeah. his second cool. fight, I think he was four and oh, a four rounder. And he said, he compared it a lot. Baseball players were like, Hey, it's like a relief pitcher can come in in ninth inning, maybe a two inning save and go all out throwing gas every time. But when you're in starter pitch, you got to actually pace yourself. Don't burn yourself out. And that seems for to sure. Be like you, you're going six rounds to 10. That's a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's true. It's like, uh, and also the thing about four round, like four round fights and stuff like that is, um, you know, it doesn't take much to change the scorecards on those. Meaning like one or two, you lose one or two rounds that, you know, that can make the difference in a 10 round fight. A lot can happen. You know what I mean? And it can be, it can go both ways for each fighter. So you have to you have to have enough gas in the tank because you may need the last two or three rounds to win the fight. And if you're out of gas, you know, it's going to be hard to do. Never looking ahead, but you said this is the biggest fight of your career. What do you see uh-huh. if – let's always if, if. You can never guarantee right. anything. If you get the W, where do you see your career going on that strength? Because that's 10-0. Now, that's a different stratosphere now. When you're 10-0 fighting experienced yeah. guys, that's a different like ballpark now. You're in a different bracket. Yeah, especially 10-0 fighting a guy, you know, who he's – ranked higher than me uh also you know getting the maryland cruiserweight title which is which is a good thing to have on the resume Mm -hmm. Uh, i honestly i just want to stay busy and active you know you can't guarantee like 
a big fight out of nowhere. But as I continue to stay active and continue training and doing everything I'm supposed to do, then it will eventually come without a doubt. So, I mean, I just got to be patient. So I mentioned earlier how intriguing your story is. You're a good looking guy. You're popular. Do you have a promoter yet? I'm not signed with anybody. No, No. I think, um, honestly, I'm doing, doing pretty good on my own without it, to be honest. So now is it more difficult to get a fight scheduled without a promoter? It can be, but at the same time, I'm lucky enough to, to be able to sell tickets, which a lot of promoters, um, want so that it would be in their best interest to have me on their cards. Exactly. Now, so, and I'm lucky enough to live in the DC area. Mm -hmm. Boxing is, is this is a good boxing scene around here. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Passionate fans. So, yes, exactly. And also, like a lot of people want to put cards on around here. So I'm lucky in that sense to be known within this circle here, and it would be you know advantageous to everybody to have me on the card because I will bring a, a good crowd. Now tell me how this fight happened. Then do you got because. You- I know you know each other. Do you get a call from someone? Hey, do you want to fight? Or do you reach out to him? Hey, do you want to do this? How does it, how'd this fight happen? So we, he and I have actually been offered to fight each other before, but it was like low stakes, like less money. It didn't make sense for either of us. And he and I knew that. And at the time we both said, listen, like if we get offered, if we get a good offer, like, you know, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, and he was he's on board. And uh, finally, so I think he got a call from the promoter for this fight and he texted me. He's like, yeah, I got a call. You know, what I mean, um, they want us to fight. And he was like, I don't know. You know, I told him you and I have been friends. Uh, so like, and I told him, I was like, you know, listen, if it's if both of us can, you know, make some decent money out mm-hmm. of it. Why not? He's like, yeah, man, why not? I mean nothing personal it's just business and you know we both need it for our careers so now i got it i want to fast forward not fast forward rewind a little bit but that famous mike tyson super bowl commercial how did that come about forget about scheduling a fight a huge fight in your career (laughs) tell me how that tyson super bowl commercial came about so i just randomly got a call from a local promoter um someone got in touch with him because they were shooting it in dc and they know uh, it's my buddy Ross, Ross Malavinsky. He, him and his father promoted fights around here for years, and everyone knows them. So, the I guess people that were working on the commercial reached out to him. And they said they had a description. They were like, "Listen, do you have a fighter like around this size, this age?" <laughs> and also one thing too. So, I think it actually helped me that I was a white guy because. It was Mike Tyson's actual son in the commercial, okay. like his real life son. So if I'm in there, I'm obviously not Mike Tyson's son. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when someone says that's actually Mike Tyson's son, they're clearly not talking about me. <laughs> so I think that that might have worked out too. Someone made that point. And I was like, yeah, that actually makes sense. So then I got a call and I was like, this, this can't be real. So anyways, I followed up with it. And even when I was – on set, getting dressed, I was like, this this is still fake. I don't believe it. <laughs> and then, you know, Tyson came down and got in the ring. I was like, oh, my God. Now, you're a sports guy, knowledgeable sports guy, and you're a boxer. How was it meeting mm-hmm. Mike? Because he's one of the most iconic boxers, 
maybe the most iconic boxer in our lifetime. Forget about Floyd. Yeah, I know. Guys. It's Aryan Mike Tyson. H- how was it meeting him? Like, hold, like, what do you even say to yeah. him? It's it's like it's Mike Tyson in in and out of the ring. Yeah. He's one of the most like famous people in the world. But um, I was like kind of starstruck. A, I didn't want to like bother him or annoy him. But he was so cool and down to earth and funny. And like in between takes, he was like joking around and stuff like that. And um, you know, I talked to him a little bit. He was very friendly and just like uh, easy to talk to. So, I mean, I, I don't know what I said. I was probably just so nervous. I was, I was stuttering and stuff anyway, but uh, he was cool. Now, how long that commercial take? Because I've been on the sets of a bunch of commercials, and sometimes oh, they're dude. six, seven, eight-hour days. It was like nine hours, and then the scene where he comes out into the ring and, like, punches me. Yeah. We did that, like, 30 times, and, like, my knees and elbows started to bleed because I was just, like, falling <laughs> so many times onto the canvas. Did he ever – I know that if you ever look commercial, like, close, he never really hit you. But did he ever slip? Did you guys ever, like uh, – did he ever nick you or anything or no? No, thank God. And, <laughs> I like, you know, he's he's a little older and he, uh, you know, he hasn't fallen years. But even when, the like, his punch was going by my chin, I was – I could feel, like, he still got power. But – I could tell he has been getting paid to pretend to punch people for a long time. So okay. he's really good at it. Now, Sam, here's the important question. Did All you right. did you go home and brag about being in commercial? Because here's what I hope you did. I hope you told no one. Super Bowl <laughs> comes, you go to a bar with a ton of girls, and yeah. when, and when the when the like holy shit, look at this commercial, everyone. Let's watch the commercials today. Boom, you're on. You're like, Sup, ladies. Did which which way did you play? Did you tell everyone? So yeah. well it it got out on social media and I'm actually, I'm terrible at social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people that I didn't tell found out about it and they were asking me. And also another thing too, I didn't know how it was going to work out where if it was edited to where you can't see me. Oh, you know okay. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want to brag. Oh, it's, that's me. I'm the white dude in the ring. And it's like, yeah, sure exactly. it is, bro. But I was actually at a bar in Baltimore and I was watching the, um, <laughs> I was watching the game and uh, the TV comes on. I was like, holy shit, it's me. And everybody's like, huh? And they look up and they're like, no way. And then they, like the commercial, it gets a little bit further and they're like, wow, that's crazy. So, yeah, so, so cool. they never told you like, hey, it's going to be playing in the first quarter, third quarter. You had no, no idea. I so, had no idea. So you're glued into the commercial, aren't you? Of course. Yeah. Hey, drinks- I, was more, I was more into the commercials. Than the <laughs> drinks were 100% on you then that whole night. Super Bowl commercial, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Chip, we're going to go a few quick hit questions. You ready? Sure. Prediction, Wilder Fury 2 this weekend. Uh, I'm thinking Fury, unanimous decision. I think he's going to be a little bit more careful and not get caught with anything. Really? Okay. How about cool- I think so. coolest piece of memorabilia you own? Oh, man. That's a good question. Holy shit. Um, I'm trying to think. Honestly, maybe the uh, gloves from the Mike Tyson commercial that I wore. Oh, that's that's a, that's a great answer. How about this? Yeah, right. I mean, that's yeah. That yeah. that should have been the ground bowl answer. First cheat meal after this fight will be what? What food do you crave? Like, I need to eat blank when this fight's over. Oh, it's funny. I was just saying, it's like um, I really always want like Chinese takeout because like I never eat it. Uh huh. I know it's like I'm gonna I have this chance to eat it and I'm gonna go all out. So. 
Yeah, I always crave that. Like like dirty Chinese, like the oily Chinese beef and broccoli. That's what you oh, want to get. Oh, all that. I get the uh, <laughs> general sauce, couple egg rolls, hot and sour soup, all of it. You and I are up in New York City. We're at a bar. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Damn it. Be- before we finish, you got to give me an answer on that one, all right? Yeah. Ever ask a boxer? It's probably going to be Iron Mike, but you ever ask a boxer for an autograph or picture? No, I, I never have. Wow, um, really? And now is it a pride yeah. thing or is it just like, eh, it's not my thing? No, it's not like it's, – it's not like – like an ego, like anything like that. I'm weird around celebrities and mm-hmm. stuff like that because I don't want to bother them. I don't want to be a burden. Gotcha. And that's it. Like, and that's with anybody, like any famous actors or anything I've ever met. Best boxing movie all time is? Raging Bull. Will you shave your chest for the fight? Because on Instagram, do you see people comment on that? Yeah, yeah, I get it all the time. Absolutely not. That's my trademark. I'm proud of it. Uh, I've earned it. I'm a real man, so what can I say? You're not going anywhere. You you fight mostly in the D.C. area. Let's hopefully your career trampolines and shoots up in the air. Where's your dream location to fight? Is it the Garden? Is it Vegas? Where's your dream location? Oh, that's a good. Actually, Europe somewhere. Swear to God. What? Why is that? Because first of all, like. A big fight here can sell, you know, like a huge fight can sell like 20, 10, 20,000 seats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's like a big fight. In Europe, they sell out soccer stadiums. Yeah, you, you go mean, to like in, like in Belfast. They, they'll sell out 60, yeah. 70, 80, 90,000. Uh, oh, yeah. Thousand, yeah, okay. That's actually a good answer. You know what? You and really I also just that one like, out. I like that. Yeah, and then also I would just stay and just party and hang out in Europe after the <laughs> fight. So. As a fighter... And a fighting fan, what's one fight, a dream fight you would love to see in 2020? This year? Yep. Let's oh, 2021. See. Wow, 2021. Oh, man. Um, Obviously, like, uh, oh, I like the Lomachenko, um, what you going to call a fight? Uh, what's his name? Tiafimo Lopez fight? Yeah, that's a fight or, everyone seems to want. They need to see. Yeah. Or also, like, um... If Errol Spence can re- recuperate from that, um, you know, that accident he had, you know, him and Terrence Crawford would be a great fight. What fighter for you is appointment watching? This fight's on every weekend, but what fight's like, hey, chill, I'm not going out tonight because Blank is fighting? Currently or just in history? Give me both. I want one now that you you have to watch. You don't care when where you are. If it's 3 a.m., if he's fighting in Saudi Arabia, you're going to watch it and a fighter from the past. Uh... I like Kovalev, even though he's Ooh, kind of okay, okay. towards the end of his career. But, you know, I've been watching him for years, and he's, you know, had so many great fights. But even, even you know, at his age, I would still probably put things on hold and watch him fight. But uh, in the past, I'm diehard fan of Felix Trinidad. Really? That's a, that's a, yeah. you know what, that's a classic answer, really. <laughs> he I, was like, he was one of the people who honestly got me involved. Like, get, got me so into boxing. Like, you'd watch him, like, wow, you want you emulated him. Yeah, yeah, he was, I loved him, man. We're circling back around, coolest person on your phone. Uh, uh, uh my, trying to think. Because it's more, it's more of a name drop, they'd be like, hey, I can drop. Psh, yeah, but guy. that's the problem, I don't know if I have anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, there's a guy named Curtis Schoon, he's from, uh, 
he's from New York, but he's like got a big presence on social media. And this guy's funny, man. He, uh, he calls it like it is. I really like, he doesn't, he's not even so much political as he is more like, uh, just outspoken about things. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks. You know, he's, he's like got hundreds, hundreds of thousands of followers. Uh, he's real cool. I met him at a fight. I actually sat next to him at a fight. We talked, exchanged numbers and stuff. And, uh, I text him time to time trying to get him out to to uh, one of my fights, but he's a busy guy, but he, he is cool. So, Speaking of uh, social media and plugs, one, I want you to plug all your stuff, and two, you got to step up your Instagram game because you could – I know, man. I'm so bad you know, at it. I don't know. Sam, on paper, like seriously, let's think about this. Good-looking dude, boxer, <laughs> good thing. Like you should be a social – and you're like so eh, – whatever. you got to step up the game, but give the plug, Twitter, Instagram, whatever anyone can follow you, <laughs> and where they can, where they can see the fight next Saturday. Okay, uh, on Instagram, I'm VanillaGorilla301. On Twitter, I'm um, uh, VanillaGorilla301 on there as well. And then Facebook, I'm Sam the Vanilla Gorilla Cross It. And the fight will be at Maryland Live Casino uh, February 28th. I'm the co-main event. Sam, listen to me. This was an absolute blast. Best of luck. And now listen, if I wasn't leaving the country Wednesday, I really would have came down there. It's an easy drive for me, but I'm getting out of the country. But listen, here's the one thing. You got to get your 10th win, but here's the deal. I've had like 250 different guests on the podcast. I've had 20, I think 21 boxers. And here's what I always ask. Only one boxer said they were going to do it and didn't. So in my studio and my apartment, I have stupid memorabilia. I'm not a memorabilia guy, but I want weird, Mm -hmm. weird things. Like I have this one's, um, like a boom, boom, Mancini sent me his, uh, his Sports Illustrated. I got Jerry Cooney's gloves. Random uh-huh. things. So only one person, I'll call him out, Regis Prograde came on a couple times. And then he, I'm sending you stuff. We texted. He never sent me anything from a fight. Win, which because you're going to get the W or whatever, you have to send me up something random, whether it be your raps, something random you got to send it my way to put in the studio. Done deal. No problem. Listen to me. Good luck. I'm going to link. I'm, I'm going to reach out to you after the fight, get that 10th win, and work your ass off, brother. This was a pleasure. Absolutely. I appreciate it, brother. My friend, thank you. Have a great day. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.